Welcome to the first ever Upper 90 FPL show. As always, I'm Justin Ruderman. And I'm Garrett Post. And we will start our very first FPL show by talking about our scores from our previous FPL seasons, starting in 2017-18, Garrett, when this was your for- first season. My se- first season was the season after, but how did you do in that first season? I don't doesn't seem like you really knew what you were doing, huh? No, and I didn't really pay attention for the vast majority of the season. And I think I was also in like a draft league at this point. So I wasn't, you know, even less of a reason I'd be paying attention to normal FPL. So my rank was like 4.7 million, but we can breeze past that. Yeah, not even real. For me, that was that was my first, you know, season or two. I was playing, but it's not that I necessarily knew what I was doing, right? In 2018-19, I got almost 2,000. 2019-20, I broke that 2,000 barrier, but still, you know, 1.6 million is pretty poor. Uh, and it, I just didn't know exactly what I was doing until that 2020-21 season. Yeah, I mean, I've improved every year up and up until last year. I think that's really the most important thing is the progress. Um, and, you know, a lot of players have more experience than others. Um, you know, last year was a setback for me. I, I finished 1.3 mil. I will put out a disclaimer that as a diehard Evertonian, I have never used Liverpool players in my FPL team. But this season, I've come to a crossroads where I've had to choose between my morals and being competitive. And I have sold out, Justin. So this year, I will be using players from the red side of Merseyside. <laughs> I love it. It's true. I mean, that that is one of the main reasons that, uh, you know, that 1.3 from last season is there. Um, you know, and the other piece of it is people should know, it was the beginning of the season when Salah just went off and you didn't have Salah in your team. And that, that's just going to majorly hurt you, obviously, right? And so you just were dropped. But in reality... You did a lot towards the end of the season to to bring it up towards that uh, 1.3 because so, so it's not even that it looks worse than it is, is the point there. Um, but for me, I did the same thing uh, up until last season with, with Manchester United, right? I'm a City fan, so I didn't use uh, Manchester United players in 2020 uh, or earlier. It was only last season that I started to use it. So that 230K without Man United players, hey, that's not bad, but... Then I got that 100K last season with uh, all, you know, everything at my disposal. So I think that was definitely obviously my best season, but for a reason. And also it was the opposite of you, right? As you did a little bit better towards the end of the season, I bottled it. I completely bottled it, right? I was 50K uh, two weeks before the end of the season. I was inside the top 50K. So it's frustrating for me that I couldn't uh, hold on, but you know, that, that's what we got to learn. I, if I'm going to bottle it like Arsenal, I just got to learn from that and fix it <laughs> next season. You know, we'll see. Now we both have all of the tools at our disposal. Hopefully we can both have our highest ever finishes. And with that, Justin, we can move into how we're starting this season, looking at our drafts. Uh, and we can start in the goalkeeper and, and defense, Justin. What are you going with as of now? Yeah, so starting as the goalkeeper right now, I have my starting goalkeeper as Raya from Brentford, uh, four and a half million. I think he's the best four and a half million priced goalkeeper. I know a lot of people are going for a higher priced goalkeeper this season, maybe a Mendy or even an Ederson. But to me, it's not quite worth the money uh, to, to upgrade to them. 
So for now, I'm going Raya with a backup of Forrester. Backup doesn't really matter too much, does it? But at $4 million as a backup at a top six club, yeah, Forrester is going in my backup slot. Yeah, I also have David Raya, actually, uh, four and a half mil, as you said, for the same reasons. And my backup is Robin Olsen at Villa. Um, yeah, I, you know, backup doesn't matter as, as much, but we're, we're on the same page there as well. And then what about your back line? Because, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, philosophies in terms of the back line. People are spending really heavily there this year. Uh, who do you have? Yeah, I think you definitely have to spend heavily in the back line this season because of the value that is there when you compare the prices of uh, top defenders to a midfielder or, or a forward of that same price they're just simply going to outscore them right um so that i have gone pretty heavy in the back line uh I, I will say i'm debating between a couple uh drafts right now but starting in the in this draft that i think i'm going to go with we have uh, obviously, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, is a lock in every single yeah. person's team. You, you just have to have him in there. He is so good in FPL. He is $7.5 million, but it is absolutely worth the money. Uh, secondarily, I have Cancelo, the, the second highest priced, uh, along with Robertson. I do not have Robertson. Uh, I had chose Cancelo over him right now because... Cancelo is a locked starter in this team right now. I mean, there's only two fullbacks in this Manchester City team or, or two real top fullbacks. You know, Cancelo and Walker, the, the backup left back is Josh Wilson Esbrand, who's, you know, an academy kid who hasn't really had much experience yet. So Cancelo is just locked in that position. We know what he did last season. So, so good. Um, Reese James is the other one. I think Reese James is probably locked in most people's teams. Um, he's just so quality in that back five if he plays on the wing or or i know chelsea might switch formation into but if it's a three four three plays on the right side of a midfield the only concern is if he plays in the right side at center back but i honestly just don't see that happening so he did it against club america or something but 41 percent own ownership in fpl right now makes complete sense for him and then my last starter in the back line is going to be parasitch uh coming in my only worry is he hasn't gotten a ton of preseason minutes. So I will be watching that. I believe Spurs have one more game this week, one more preseason this weekend. So hopefully he gets some minutes in there. I know Conte said uh, once he, they get back to London, he will be fully in training. So hopefully he's ready for week one. That's my only concern there. But as a left wing back in that system, he is going to uh, have just rack up points. And at five and a half million is an absolute steal. And then I have my uh, four million fought bench fodder. Uh, and Nico Williams, who is, is relatively good bench fodder because he's he's going to be starting as a wing back. Granted, it's in Forest, but he's going to be starting in a wing back position at four million. I'll take that. Yeah, I have a pretty similar backline. I haven't spent quite as heavy as you, Justin. We do share three players, which is Reese James, Trent, and Perisic. And you know, I'll also be keeping an eye on Perisic. Um, he's less of a lock in my team right now than he was when I made my first draft a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but still think could be a really explosive attacking option. Um, I have not spent quite as heavy in the back line and that's something that still may change. But as of now I have Zinchenko at 5 million, just because I think there's a very good chance he ends up playing as a midfielder, uh, for Arsenal, in which case, you know, that would be fantastic value for him. Uh, and I also, you know, am looking at him with somewhat of a keen eye because obviously joined Arsenal pretty recently and still not sure if he'll be getting the starting nod right away. I have a feeling he might not. So 
you know, might be someone else I have to replace. Um, and then my, my four mil option is Nathan Patterson because he will be playing wing back as well in Everton's, you know, three, four, three or whatever you want to call it. Um, and Seamus Coleman had surgery uh, this summer and will be out for a few weeks at least. So, uh, you know, I just think Patterson starting for Everton, who I think are a slightly better side than Forrest at the moment. Uh, and also he had two assists in Everton's last preseason game. So that's why I chose him for my four million option. This is why we need the Evertonians to tell us because, yeah, Nate, I just haven't considered Patterson a ton. Nico Williams has been you know, that main option, obviously going from Liverpool, when you have that Liverpool tag on you, uh, it, it, people think maybe you're a little bit better than you are. I think he's a good player, but maybe, maybe I'll get Patterson in there. We're going to have to think about that. Uh, two assists in a preseason game. And as you say, yep. he's, he's going to start because of that injury to Coleman. It's very, very good points there. The question I have for you has to be Zinchenko. I mean, th- first of all, just, I don't know if he's going to start. So, so to put him in your starting lineup, I mean, he's, he's going to be starting right for you. I believe, I mean, we haven't seen your midfield yet though. So we'll see, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not so sure about Zinchenko at 5 million. What is the thought process there? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a punt uh, and, and, you know, I'll have to take a, a closer look at whether Arsenal fans feel like he will be thrown in that lineup, but it's just, they have him still listed as de- as a defender. We know he can play left back, but for me, Arsenal are not spending 30 million on a left back when they already have Kieran Tierney. Like he's going to play in midfield next to Thomas party. And we know how good of a passer Zinchenko is. I just feel like not only can he, you know, be a beneficiary of clean sheets, even though he's not playing in the back line, but mm. also his potential for attacking returns could be higher because he'll be playing as a progressive eight next to Thomas party. So that was kind of the thought process there, but the only problem, as you say, is, you know, I think that might end up manifesting later in the season. So in terms of the first, you know, five fixtures or whatever, I might have to change him just because, you know, I don't know if he'll be getting that starting spot immediately. It's definitely one that, has the highest potential of me to change. But I, I think, you know, later down the road, for sure, he will be a really, really good option this year. Yeah. And you mentioned that you're not spending quite as heavily there. No Cancelo, no Robertson at that $7 million. Instead, you, instead, you chose a $5 million option in Zinchenko. Why no Cancelo or Robertson? I just tried to be a bit more balanced with my team. I guess, obviously, you know, the, the heavy back line option is really popular and I've had to, you know, do some convincing myself not to kind of turn to that. Um, and, you know, I, I might, huh? yeah, yeah. I might uh, in a few weeks seeing, depending on how things go. Um, Cause I do have a, a couple, I, I guess not really a punt, but in my midfield, which actually Justin, we can go ahead and move on to now. I have Kulisevsky at eight mil and that's kind of a high price for him. I understand, but I just feel like his explosive potential, especially with what he did for me last year, he still is good value in terms of midfielders, in my opinion. Uh, and then, you know, I have another 8 million defender as well in Mares, And then of course, Sala, right? We, we have to have Sala. He's a lock in everyone's team. Um, and so I have spent a, li- a little bit heavier in the midfield than others. I have Andreas Pereira as my budget option there uh, coming off the bench, four and a half mil, obviously moving from uh, from United rather to Fulham. And, and I think he'll be an important part of Marco Silva's squad. Um, and, and then I have Martinelli at 6.0 because he started every game of Arsenal's preseason bar one. Um, you know, I think Arsenal 
Their fixtures are fantastic to start the season. He will be starting on that left-hand side. Uh, and so I think just at six mil, he was too good of an option to turn down. Justin, what is your midfield looking like? Yeah, you know, it's it's similar, obviously. I have to have Salah. Um, and But otherwise, it's it's uh, Pereira as well. Yeah, Pereira is the other one. I have him, I think, at a four and a half million. He is the perfect four and a half million option. I mean, you're going to have a four and a half million midfielder in almost any team that you're creating, almost any draft that you're creating right now, unless you're playing five in the midfield, which is pretty rare. Um, but yeah, I just think he's, as you say, he's going to be an important piece of that team. Uh, he's not going to get a ton of contributions going forward or anything like that, but he will start every single game and get consistent, you know, a couple, th- two or three points for you. And that's exactly what you need in a 4.5 million midfielder. As far as, uh, Mares, I, I love that you have Mares because I think he's just getting overlooked heavily yeah. uh, by a lot of people at 8 million. I think he is clearly the number one 8 million option for me, at least, because he again is the locked starter. Again, his backup at Manchester City is a academy kid in Cole Palmer. Yeah, he should have gotten more uh, time last season and had a little bit more experience than he does because he got injured, but I mean, Mares was a city's top scorer in the, in the league last season. And so to put him on the wing with KDB in the midfield and, uh, you know, Holland up top, it's just going to serve him really, really well. And I think at 8 million, it's a, it's a perfect price point. He's a locked starter on the right wing. Uh, perfect, perfect pick for me. Um, and then I, I went for a couple budget options in the midfield. You could call them. Um, first, starting with Marcus Rashford at six and a half million. I just think, Again, a locked starter in a team that now this is not one that I was going to put in uh, earlier, but after preseason, man, watching 10 hog ball, they are fluid movement and Rashford up top with Sancho and whether it's Martial or whoever else up top in the middle, Ronaldo, it's, it's going to be good for, for Rashford. I think he's going to get goal contributions. Will Manchester United be an incredible team? Maybe not. 10 hog has to have time, but a starting winger as good as Rashford is for six and a half, just incredible price point for me. I think he's better than a lot of the 7 million options. Uh, and then at the five and a half million, I know that the popular choice is Pedro Neto and I get why, um, but it's tough for me. I just want to get a little bit of differential here. And I think that Brendan Aronson is the perfect person for me to back in that differential obviously he's a u.s men's national team player and we have all that connection um but he he has he he always hits the ground running when he has transfers whether it be salzburg or uh, getting into the philadelphia union first team he is linking up with his former coach uh in jesse marsh who he performed fantastically under and i believe he's going to start at that number 10 position for leeds um behind you know uh, bamford sinistera and Rodri or whoever Harrison, whoever's on that side. Right. So I think it's just a good price point. It, he might, you know, get outperformed by Neto, but if he outperforms Neto, which I think is completely possible, it's a huge differential for me. Yeah. I'd also say Leeds' his fixtures look a little bit better than wolves. Um, they, they host Chelsea in week three, but other than that, 
you know, start the season hosting Wolves. They go to St. Mary's. I think Southampton are really going to struggle this year. Um, They they go away to Brighton. That's a bit of a tough fixture. But yeah, I think Leeds have potential to to start the season well. That's definitely not a bad differential pick. As I said, I did have Neto, but I had an extra mil to spend. And so I used half of that um, to to upgrade to Martinelli just because I think 6.0 6.0 value as a lock starter in, in Arsenal's team, especially with how they've been playing in preseason was just way too good for me to turn down. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Rashford punt is really interesting. I, I, I like that. I think that has really like boom or bust potential. That's either yep. going to go really, really well, or it's not going to go well at all. Um, so we'll see, but you, you know, six and a half mil, that's by far the cheapest he's ever been in, in FPL, at least, you know, since he really had his breakthrough at United. Yeah. Yeah. And their fixtures aren't fantastic. They do play Liverpool and Leicester in the first five, but it's just, it's such a hard price point for me to pass up. He's again, I, I do have two drafts and we'll see in my second draft that he isn't in there. Um, but it, it's very, very tough for me to leave him out at that price point in this draft. Uh, and then, yeah, as you say, Aaron said, I mean, at half uh, percentage, 0.5% owned by, it's it's just the perfect, perfect punt. It really is. Um, the question yeah, I have you're, for you. You're... Oh, go ahead. The question I have for you, Garrett, is Kulisevsky. I mean, look, I like Martinelli. I don't know if I want to put a 6 million in my team, but if you're going to put a 6 million, I think Martinelli is the best 6 million option. So I like that. Um, the only problem is, you know, he might not start every game with Pepe rotating. I don't know. Uh, I do think he is the starter over Pepe, though. So I, I don't see a problem. Kulisevsky, though, there's so many 8 million options. Why not Luis Diaz? Why not Mason Mount? Why not Bukayo Saka? I know that, you know, you already have an Arsenal midfielder. Maybe you switch Marnelli to somebody else. Um, why not those three? Well, quite simply, he's a starter in the best front three in the league, in my opinion. And, you know, I understand they signed Richarlison. I still think he's more of a a backup option, a rotational option who can play anywhere in that front three. But Kulusevsky was so good at the back half of that season, both in real terms and in FPL terms. And he got so many points for me. I brought him in quite early after his move and it paid dividends. And it was a, a big part of why I was able to recover my season, right? I was so far in the mud you know we were looking at game week 25 26 and i was at like the four million range which is just horrific um but bringing him in and and keeping him on my team was a huge part of it and i just don't see a drop off coming from him i mean five goals and nine assists uh went from him joining in january hitting the ground running and being a perfect compliment for kane and son i just couldn't obviously son getting the huge price increase and, you know, him being at 12 million and Kane being 11 and a half. Uh, those are, you know, some very premium options, but I just needed a buy-in to that Spurs attack. Cause I think they're going to score so many goals this year. And so, you know, I decided Kulisevsky a little bit of a risky pick. What was a good middle ground, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand it. I just think, Luis Diaz for me, I mean, in a Liverpool front three uh, at that same price point, I would favor Luis Diaz as, as we'll see. Uh, Mason Mount also had a great season last season. Saka, just a lock starter. You're also betting on Richarlison to, to not be rotated into that squad, right? You're betting on Kulisevsky to start every single game, which I think is a lot less likely than Saka, lock starter every week. Mount, lock starter every week. Luis Diaz, lock starter every week with Jota out. 
Well, I think Kulisewski will start most games at the beginning of the season. I think, you know, rotations more of an option or more of a possibility rather once, you know, other competitions start coming into play Carabao, obviously they have champions league football this year and whatnot. And then that's when I think the rotation will start. So I wouldn't say Kulusevsky is the longest term option uh, that I have in this team, but their opening fixtures are really good. And I think he will start those games. So that's why I have him as of now, but you know, it's definitely a possibility for me in a few weeks time to ship him out for someone cheaper and and upgrade a Zinchenko or someone else in my defense and, and go a little bit defense heavy once that rotation is, you know, more probable. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the points of contention for me, Garrett, because I don't have a Spurs attacker as we move into our forwards. For me, it is that uh, common front two, that most popular front two of Erling Haaland and Gabriel Jesus. Uh, I think obviously Jesus has been fantastic uh, in preseason, looking very good. We know, you know, with the new signings, everybody likes to pick the new signings, getting into the new team. It's flashy. You did it with Zinchenko. We saw it. it, I get that. Um, But I just also think he is going to bang in goals, uh, starting at the number nine. It's just a perfect fit. And a 8 million, you compare him to the 8 million midfielders. And I'd rather have him in my team than a Kulisevsky or even maybe a Mount or a Jota or or, uh, Diaz, excuse me, or Saka. I think that that price point is really, really nice. Um, and then Holland, obviously the debate with him is him or Kane, right? Uh, and I think Holland, it's interesting to me because technically Holland is the safer move because he's well more owned by, he has nearly 60% ownership um, compared to Kane. So I think it's interesting to me that he's the, safer pick because in reality to me he is the more uh random pick or, or the most uh, where, where you were talking about about rashford right it could bang or it could flop uh and i think that that's the case with holland not that he's going to flop as a signing but as an fpl asset at 11 and a half million he has to be banging in goals regularly and so i think there's a very high possibility that kane outscores him especially with those early fixtures but to me I have to, as a City fan, pick Holland. And I just think when you put somebody as good as Holland in a team as good as City that produces that many chances, he will bang them in. Obviously, Kane's the better player, um, but he's in a worse team, in my opinion. So that's mainly why I've gone for Holland. Yeah, I have the same main front too. And then obviously you have uh, Plunge as your four and a half million option. Mm-hmm. I have Cam Archer, obviously not really that important. Um, I also have Holland and Jesus, the popular picks. I think just from a Holland perspective, it's just because of, yeah, it's because it's city. And firstly, the fixtures just really aren't that important because it's city. You guys score, you know, often and, you know, in handfuls against everyone. It doesn't really matter who you're playing for the most part. And we've seen the amount of goals and chances created that you guys have had without a striker. And now that you have a natural number nine, whose main job is going to be to sit there and pick cherries and score all these goals, right? That is Holland's job is to get in the box and finish all the chances, which will be created by just the insane amount of creative outlets that are in that team that, you know, I just don't see how he doesn't score 20, 25 goals, at least to be honest. Uh, 
I think as, as long as he stays fit, which is probably the main concern, he will be scoring on a, you know, almost weekly basis. So that's why I have him. And then, yeah, Jesus has looked spectacular, to be honest, uh, in Arsenal's preseason since joining. And we had our doubts on the podcast about whether Arteta would be able to effectively employ him at the nine, because uh, we think he, he might be more naturally suited in the winger position, but he's you know, adapted seamlessly and he's been scoring goals at will seemingly. Uh, and, you know, Arsenal have a lot of really good fixtures to start the season. Part of why I have Martinelli and Zinchenko as well. Um, obviously Zinchenko subject to change, but I'm pretty set on Martinelli. I think he's a really good option. And, and you know, Jesus, another one of his members in the front three, I think will be a, a great option as well. Yeah, that that is one thing about Holland that I think is a little bit more concerning than most people uh, give credit to is not the injuries. I don't, I don't see that being an issue. I, uh, the rotation because he is Erling Holland and yes, he's going to start the vast majority of games, but it is still Manchester city and it is still pep roulette. So he is going to be rotated uh, occasionally. And that's part of the reason, you know, he came to city is that he's not going to be pushed in the exact same way he would have at Madrid, but I just, I have to go uh, through it um, and do it. And the other piece, as we can talk about our, our starters, Garrett, for the first week is because I have gone, one of the punts that I was talking about, obviously, is Brendan Aronson. I, I think that could be huge differential. The other massive differential that I'm going for in week one is I am going to captain Erling Holland in week one against West Ham instead of the major captain decision, the people that 90 plus percent of people will be captaining Mohamed Salah away to Fulham. Now, obviously Fulham are a better fixture than, uh, than, than West Ham. But I think that, you know, Salah will either score a hat trick or score like one or zero. Like he, he, he can either go off in that game, which is totally possible. And I'll get screwed or he'll score zero or one goals and Holland could easily outscore him. The other piece to that is Holland in every debut he's ever had is, is just so incredibly good. Uh, you look at his debut at Salzburg, he had a hat trick in the champions league, right? You look at his debut at Dortmund. He had a hat trick coming off the bench in 27 minutes. So to me, and in city's preseason debut, if you call that a debut, he scored in 12 minutes. Um, only played 45 of those. So I think when you go to his real debut in the Premier League, uh, hopefully he doesn't start in the Community Shield. We'll see. But yeah, I, I just think it could be a huge differential week one to start off and get a big, big differential if Erling Holland could score two or three goals and Salah doesn't where, where people would expect. And then, of course, I need him week two as well. That's the other piece of why I choose him over Kane. You need him uh, week two against Bournemouth to... Uh, be your captain and if you have Kane in there it's it's more problematic this might surprise you but I also have Holland as my captain as of now that's still subject to change I might be tempted to to switch to Sala but yeah I, I kind of have the same idea as you I think Holland is going to score in that game I think he might score multiple goals he has a track record of on his debut obviously community shield might be his actual debut but in terms of Premier League debut I think he's going to want to get hit the ground running I think there's no reason why he wouldn't start 
in that game. Uh, and, you know, as much as yes, West Ham are, is not a fantastic fixture. I think it's going to be a party atmosphere at the Etihad uh, celebrating winning the title last year and uh, a, a really exciting season for the Sky Blues. So, yeah, I also have Holland as my captain as of now. Wow. Justin, I have a question about your formation because I'm assuming we're both playing a 4-4-2 then based on uh, the fact that you want to start Brendan Aronson. I'm assuming Andreas is going to stay on your bench. So is that the case? We're both playing 4-4-2? We are, Garrett. But as I mentioned earlier, I have another draft that I'm debating. And so in the comments, let me know. Draft one, which is the one we've been going over, or this next draft, draft two, which I'll uh, explain right now, it would be uh, instead of... Nico Williams, I would have Chilwell. So obviously a huge upgrade there. And I would play five at the back, um, right? And I would drop uh, Jesus for probably Greenwood or Archer, somebody like that. Uh, Probably Greenwood, they'll put him in here. And he would be where I would get all this money. And then I could also um, upgrade up to Luis Diaz, which would be really good. So I would then have a five- for one, uh, which I, I like because Chilwell and Luis Diaz, I think Luis Diaz is a really, really good option. And Chilwell, we know what he can do when fit. Uh, it's just a little bit concerning of coming back from the injury and all these things. So for me, the debate there, I mean, the debate obviously basically becomes, uh, do you want Jesus and Rashford or do you want Chilwell and Diaz? And to me, that's a very, very good debate. The other piece, obviously, is that Nico Williams is a slightly better bench option. So if you do choose the Jesus and Rashford option, you have a slightly better bench. Um, the reason I'm mainly leaning towards that second, that, that first option that we've been discussing is Jesus. I just really, really want to fit him in my team. But yeah, it's, it's a quality debate. So let me know in the comments. Do you think that I should go with that number one with Jesus and Rashford or number two with Chilwell and Luis Diaz? Yeah. And then potential changes for me. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the two main ones that I, that I'm still looking at as not really locks are Kulisevsky and Zinchenko, which are the two that you obviously have the most questions about. Um, and so it is possible that I decide to downgrade Kulisevsky and, and upgrade Zinchenko to Cancelo. It, it is a possibility. Um, but you know, I might keep it just so I don't have the exact same draft as you because otherwise, <laughs> We have a lot of similarities. We'll see. But yeah, um, yeah. that last the- question I had to ask you is just, uh, I mean, it's partly on the Zinchenko topic, but three Arsenal, two Liverpool, two City, two Spurs, one Chelsea. So you are backing Arsenal with this, with this. Uh, I am squad. I am. It's just their, their fixtures are fantastic. They've been playing so well under Arteta. They've been scoring a bucket load of goals. Uh and I think Martinelli and Jesus are both lock starters and just at that value. I mean, Martinelli at six mil is fantastic value, in my opinion. Obviously, has had injury issues in the past, and that is one slight concern. But, um, you know, they handed him the 11. He's been playing, starting every game in, of their preseason, except the one against Nuremberg. But um, I think he is the first choice left wing in that side with Saka playing on the right. You you mentioned Pepe. I think if he was going to be rotated and it would be on the right or maybe they'd move Saka over. But I don't, I don't really see Pepe touching Martinelli's spot in the squad. I think I'd be more concerned about Smith Rowe, to be honest, because, you know, there's plenty of times where he'll come off the bench and play on the left. Um, but as of now, yeah, Martinelli, yeah, Jesus. 
Oh, Ketia yeah, as well, well has, has played in a front two with Jesus, which switches formation. I don't know if that, that that doesn't necessarily push Martinelli out, but changes his position for sure. They did that a yeah, couple, yeah, slightly in preseason, but I don't know if they'll yeah. do it in the in the real season. No, I, I don't in, I don't I don't anticipate that really. Um, it's interesting that they handed in Ketia that fat extension and then signed someone to replace him, which is funny. But um, we'll we'll see if he ends up getting a lot of game time. I, I personally don't think he will. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty solid on those Arsenal options, or at least on Martinelli and Jesus. Zinchenko definitely less so. Him and Perisic, I still have to keep an eye on on whether they're they're going to be starting, and I'm going to be doing some research based on that. But but other than that, I'm pretty happy with with how this draft is looking at the moment. But you know, there's still definitely room for me to invest a little heavier in my back line if I'm going to make a change. That's probably what I would do. Absolutely, absolutely. I do advise people to get plunged. By the way, you could potentially get minutes. Uh, as your 4.5 forward, I know it doesn't really matter, but he scored a hat trick in preseason and he could get minutes if, you know, Palace have a couple injuries in the front line. There's totally possible. All right, Justin, any final comments before we wrap up the episode? I think that was my final comment. I just, yeah, Holland, I'm, I'm backing him. I'm backing Aronson. Uh, we'll see. Mares, the most underrated 8 million option. Go and get him. Rashford, I think, is also a yep. steal. Um, and yeah, just let me know one or two in those in those comments because it's it's still a debate for me. I've been I've been switching back and forth by the day. All right. And with that, thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Those links are in the description. Uh, and we will be back with another episode after game week one, previewing what we might be changing for game week two. If you look at our Twitter, we will be posting our final drafts before the deadline. Um, and yeah, we're really looking forward to bringing you FPL content for the rest of the season. Thank you all for watching.